Hello, everybody, and welcome to the X Factor with a crypto hipster. This is your host, Jamil Hassan, where I bring you crypto news, insights, and analysis all around the world every Friday. Uh, this is episode 47 in season three. Episode seven in season three, episode 47 overall for the week ending today, July 7, 2023. Welcome. It's been, I uh, hope everybody had an happy Independence Day week, fireworks, barbecue, everything you could think of that you wanted, that you got, enjoyed, and uh, now it's back to business. So we're going to kick off the show because today's show has a lot of really juicy stuff. Uh, bring the juice! Oh, yeah. So we're bringing the juice today. Not the orange juice, not the cranberry juice, not the pineapple juice. Apple? Nah, tangerine? No, how about all the juice? How about, let's talk about Bitcoin to, to kick things off because um, we're going to talk about a report from uh, how the spot Bitcoin ETF filings affected the crypto industry in June because there were a slew of uh, filings that some were rejected right away. Others are being pondered. Uh, there is institutional interest in Bitcoin. Uh, a lot of the boomers have realized that they uh, can't sit on the sidelines much longer because they're getting really, really, really old, anciently old, like super duper anciently old. So they got to get in the game now because they can't wait another four years to get in the game because by then, you know, who knows? The competition among ZK rollup-based scaling solutions is tightening, while the security tokens market continues steadily. Okay, so uh, news surrounding BlackRock's application for a spot Bitcoin ETF. The first one this past week was rejected. They said they refiled another one, of course. They're going to keep filing until it's approved. I understand. Being a nuisance, how that is. I get it. Uh, sent the assets price, you know, up 12%. Um, some cryptos went higher than that, like Litecoin, but they filed a Bitcoin ETF. Uh, to most observers, this was a sign that institutional investment into the crypto sphere is once again on the horizon. A future approval of a spot ETF combined with rate cuts from the U.S. Federal Reserve could provide the ideal catalysts. For the next bull run, be careful. That's going to be an institutional bull run. Um, there isn't a sign of a retail bull run yet. There has to be wild, crazy fear of missing out in the whole space. There's not. But for those who are keen to gain a deeper understanding of the crypto spaces, various sectors, and fundamental trends, Cointelegraph Research has published its monthly Investor Insights Report which dives deeply into venture capital, derivatives, DeFi, regulation, and more. This is this month, the research examined how various sectors reacted to the bullish news surrounding BlackRock's ETF filing. Because, like, they own all the single-family homes now, so why not own all the retail? Why not? They're getting in early. You should, too, if you're retail. Uh, they're crypto-related 
information stocks, especially mining ventures, immediately benefited from the news. Other sectors traditionally tied closer to altcoin activity, such as DeFi, continued in bear market mode, unperturbed. However, if you notice, the price of Aave, the price of Aave went up this past week. Kind of makes me sad. I had Aave in Celsius. We're going to talk about Celsius later. Um, so, yeah, so that's what's going on. The ZK roll-ups heat is uh, heating up. The heat from the heat. Is heating up. That makes sense. No sense at all. Zinc Fabs, Eros, ZK Stack, Polygon, ZK EVM, and Starkware, Starknet have been in the, new, the news recently, but there are other ZK rollups. There's a lot of ZK rollups, layer two solutions out there. Um, and there's been growth, but the focus has been on securities. Is it a security? Is it not a security? But what matters most is. A native crypto research firm, Dap Radar, has done an offshore report. It says that Bitcoin ordinals volume reached $210 million in Q2. The creation of Bitcoin ordinals instructions on the Bitcoin blockchain has led to over $210 million in trading volume, according to Dap Radar. The data um, shows the ordinals booming. Boom, boom, boom. Popularity led to a sharp increase in trading volume through the second quarter of 2023. Uh, the trading volume increased from 7.18 million in the first quarter to 210.7 million by the end of June, which is huge. It's a 30x, 30x, 30. Dap Radar uh, planned the quarterly increase at two, yeah, 2,834%, which is 30x, almost 28x. Uh, the report says that all-time ordinal trades amounted to over 550,000 in quantity in Q2, with 150,000 unique traders contributing to the inflated trending volume midway through 2023. So with the news of BlackRock, with the news of ordinals, with all this news out there and data research, let me know your thoughts. What do you think about the future of the industry? Do you think it's institutional bull market time? Or do you think it's retail bear market time? Or do you think it's just a grand old Opry time? In which case, everybody should buy their tickets at Lincoln Center. All right, let's go. IMF also came out with a, with a research report. Like I, the IMF. No? IMF. 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 International Monetary Fund eyes tens of billions in crypto asset taxes, but has few suggestions for collecting them. Of course, they have few suggestions. That does not surprise me. What surprised me? Let's see. Governments have yet to address the ways the crypto might be taxed, the IMF said. As they realized this, it's a realization. Everybody else realized this many years ago. The IMF realized it now. Okay, well, at least thing coming late to the party is not missing the party. So remember that it's always good to show up whenever you should, whenever you show up, the amount of taxes not imposed or collected may raise well into the tens of billions of dollars. That insight does little to reduce the variety of challenges in crafting crypto and taxing crypto crypto's semi anonymity. It's dual nature as an investment vehicle and a means of payment. High volatility complicates the tax collector's tasks beyond their current abilities, a new IMF working paper said. There's no consensus yet on even how to tax crypto. 
as income, capital gains, which is the most common, or gambling. Hey, here's a plug for gambling. The Powerball this weekend, it might be the Mega Millions, one of those two has reached $1 billion. So, and that drawing is Saturday night, late Saturday night. So if you haven't got your tickets yet, if you want to gamble, put a dollar in the pot, you get a billion dollars back. It's not a bad investment. Just don't bring a wheelbarrow full of cash to the quickie mart, okay? Because you might just get a quickie at the mart. Crypto seminar anonymity. Uh, let's see what they said. There's no consensus yet. The paper noted crypto is not especially effective for tax evasion. That's correct because everything's, you know, you can see everything, right? Due to its high fees and volatility, however, the potential of crypto tax collection could be harnessed. Corrective taxation could help offset the undesired influence of crypto on macroeconomic factors. No, it's the macroeconomic factors that are having an adverse effect on crypto. Get your story straight, mister. Let's go. Well, let me know your thoughts. Which way is it? Is the chicken? Is the egg? In my world, I studied dinosaurs in college and uh, had a paleontology class. And we learned that the eggs came way before birds. But, you know, crypto uh, comes way before intelligence on the IMF. Possibly. Let me know your thoughts. Thank you. USA. NASDAQ refiles Valkyrie spot Bitcoin ETF application and includes Coinbase as a surveillance partner. Hey, wait a minute. BlackRock did that earlier this week. Now NASDAQ did it. Whoa. Whoa. Do I see a potential roadmap, trend, possibility, way to get in, avenue, maybe, maybe? The most recent filing involving cryptocurrency fund manager Valkyrie's application for a spot Bitcoin ETF in the U.S. followed others this week, including a surveillance sharing agreement with Coinbase. According to a filing with the U.S. SEC, the NASDAQ Stock Exchange refiled for a proposed rule change allowing the listing of a spot Bitcoin ETF for the Valkyrie Bitcoin Fund. Okay, this includes details from this past week. Eric Balchunas said on Twitter, Valkyrie also refiled their 19B-4, like BlackRock, they mentioned specific SSA agreement with Coinbase even seems more aggressive. They also, like BlackRock, call Coinbase the U.S. Bitcoin uh, spot Bitcoin exchange HT. Well, HT means hot to trot. Well, actually, I don't know what it means. Hot to trot sounds good. So let's go. Yes. Let me know your thoughts here. You know? Is that a trend? Is that a way to get ahead? Is that just an annoyance to, uh, I don't know, maybe some kind of bureaucrat who doesn't deserve to be there, who wasn't really qualified for the job, who was just appointed to be there, who was like a little puppet to the puppeteers? Let me know your thoughts on that. And so the SEC is not going after Bitcoin this week. It's going after DAOs now. Barnbridge DAO calls for a halt to all work on its DeFi protocol amidst an SEC probe. Barnbridge DAO members have been told to pause all work related to the project after a reported probe by the U.S. SEC Commission. In a post yesterday, Thursday, 
to the platform's Discord channel, Douglas Park, a lawyer for the DeFi for the decentralized autonomous organization DAO, Barnbridge DAO, revealed the news to members. I am letting you know that how the SEC is investigating Barnbridge DAO and individuals associated with the DAO, Park said. Uh, and, and he goes on to say this. Because the SEC's investigation is ongoing and not public, I'm limited to the information that I will share publicly. To reduce potential further legal liability, existing liquidity pools should be closed and no more liquidity pools should be started. All work on Barnbridge-related products should stop and individuals should no longer be compensated for any work they do related to Barnbridge until further notice. That's okay. I won't work for you for free. That's cool. I'm good with that, man. Moreover, Tyler Ward and Troy Murray will not comment on the investigation or any matters concerning Barbara's Dow for the time being. Thank you for the understanding and cooperation. One of the things that we uh, that a lot of people expected back in the 2017 ICO days was for advisors to work for free. Eh, so free, you know, um, as far as working for others. So um, that's a good halt. But let me know your thoughts on how the SEC is treating, you know, uh, DAOs, how they're treating the crypto industry. Like, they're going to find other stuff. They're going to, like, try to find multiple attack vectors that might not be vectors now. So they're going to, out of thin air, they'll make stuff up out of thin air, kind of like their Congress people over the years have made up arguments out of thin air about Bitcoin's value out of thin air, but it's not thin air. It's security, you know, uh, having an open database that's seen by the world, privacy, all this awesome stuff, unhackability, uh, and good for the environment too. But let's talk about things that are not so good for the environment. Let's talk about Alex Mashinsky and the CFTC. The CFTC, which is uh, the commission of commodity people, concluded the Excelsior CEO Mashinsky broke the U.S. rules. You think? You think he broke rules? You think he traded customers' funds as his own personal hedge fund? Now, let me see. No, what did you guys actually say? Investigators from Commodity Futures Trading Commission have reportedly determined that bankrupt crypto lender Celsius and its former CEO, Alex Mashinsky, broke several U.S. regulations before the company's implosion in 2022. That's what happened. I was playing by the rules and other people were playing by the rules, but they weren't playing by the rules. That makes sense. According to a July 5 report from Bloomberg, citing people familiar with the matter. Get off that Bloomberg familiar with the matter. You got to stop, Bloomberg. You actually have to quote people and data sources not familiar with the matter. That's just getting old, man. Come on. Come on, Mike. Mike, you got to do better. You got to do better than that. I expect that from you. You know, I expect you to do better. Attorneys from the CFTC's enforcement division found that Celsius misled investors. Yep. Failed to register with the regulator. Yep. And Mashinsky broke several regulations. Let's see. If the majority of the CFTC commissioners agree with the investigators' findings, the agency could file a, clay, a case against the collapsed crypto lender in U.S. federal court as early as this month. The CFTC investigators' finding adds to a growing stack of regulatory actions against the now-defunct crypto lending platform. Uh, the attorney general sued 
Mashinsky on Jan 5, January 5th, alleging that the former CEO misled investors, yep, and caused billions of dollars in losses, yep. Okay, so uh, they opened an investigation on June 16, and the SEC also launched a series of probes. Doesn't look really good for the ex-CEO there. So let me know your thoughts. What do you think is going to happen? You know, uh, ooh, but there's something that happened that's worse. The DCG, Barry Silver. Let's talk about Barry Silver. Let's talk about Barry Silver. The Winklevoss twins slam Barry. Not even Sam Bankman-Fried, they say, was capable of such delusion. Whoa. Now that's saying something. Founder of CEO of crypto exchange Gemini, Cabrin Winklevoss, has threatened to sue the digital currency group and its CEO, Barry Silber, over delays in resolving the issues of funds owed to Gemini bank bankrupt lender Genesis, slamming the CEO for allegedly trying to play the victim card. It's kind of what they do. People who committed the crime are the ones who are the first to play the victim card or put the blame somewhere else. That makes sense to me. But let's see. In the July 4th open letter to Barry Silbert, Winklevoss has alleged the DCG enterprise had engaged in fraudulent behavior, you think, via a culture of lies and deceit. I really don't know what's going on. down. I'm in Connecticut, the next town. I don't really know what was going on down in Stanford. I really don't know. You know, um, but Gemini apparently does. And so do Gemini's 232,000 earn earners. I can't read this whole letter to you because uh, it would be a long time. But uh, I mean, it's fun to read, but they're telling them to pay us back. You know, that's what they said. Pay back, pay it back. And uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would suggest anybody who's on Twitter to go to Cameron Winklevoss's uh account and read his open letter that he read that he wrote to Barry Silbert. Um, he said that Silbert's claim, uh, he should not have claimed himself to be a victim. He's not. It takes a special kind Winklevoss said this and, and the rest of you can read. It takes a special kind of person to owe $3.3 billion to hundreds of thousands of people and believe, or at least pretend to believe that they are some kind of victim. I agree with that. Okay, I agree with that. But I want everybody else to look at the letter, read it, and let me know your thoughts because, you know, everybody should make up their own mind on how this is. But yeah, that makes perfect sense. So let's go to Canada because we're talking about wildfires and scams and frauds. Let's go to let's go to Canada. Canadian regulator explains stance on crypto staking lending for investment funds. Staking is still allowed while the lending opportunities are limited and the proportion of illiquid assets is restricted. So the Canadian Securities Administration, the CSA, Canada's chief financial authority, same as the SEC in the U.S., although the SEC has the wrong, pe- wrong person at the top, has confirmed its trust in the regulated futures market for crypto, which promotes greater price discovery. Apart from the U.S., the Canadian market hosts several crypto exchange traded funds. Uh, yesterday, the CSA issued guidance to help fund managers comply with law requirements for investment funds holding crypto assets. A 15-page document defends the existence of crypto ETFs in Canada, emphasizing ETFs possess the necessary tools to hedge against price fluctuations. 
of particular crypto assets. The CSA named the markets for Bitcoin and Ether as providing the best public crypto asset funds support without compromising investor protection. It also lays restrictions on the proportion of illiquid assets. These are assets and funds that can't be swiftly disposed or directly through the open market, kind of like a lot of the NFTs are now. And we're not going to even get into that. Let's go to Europe instead because, well, let me know your thoughts about Canada. It's Canada. I know. I call it Canada because, hey, a boot. You EU blockchain sandbox unveils first 20 use cases after wave of applications. Oh, let's see. The first batch of Bitcoin use cases to debut in Europe's regulatory sandbox was formally introduced this week, following a long wait and nearly 90 applications received in April. First disclosed in 2020, the initiative aims to bridge the regulatory gap between European nations and crypto companies. According to the EU Commission, 20 projects have been selected as a first cohort with companies in finance and capital markets, telecoms, information technology, global trade, transportation, and cross-sectoral projects leading the group. The projects are spread across five European regions, including Western Europe with 14 use cases, Southern Europe with 10 projects, Nordics and Central Europe with eight each, and Eastern Europe with seven projects. That sounds good. That looks like a colorful map. And uh, plans set up a regulatory sandbox. Yeah, let me know how's the sandbox going to go. Okay, don't don't uh, confuse it with quicksand. It's simply a sandbox. But let me know how the sandbox is going to go. And we're going to talk about the European Union Data Act. With a, it finalized the Data Act. The EU finalized this Data Act with a kill switch for smart contracts. Well, what's the kill switch? Well, wait a second. Uh, they will move ahead with the European Data Act, which had drawn criticism. The act is aimed at encouraging greater use of data resources to train algorithms, and it would update the EU's rules on smart contracts to include a kill switch option that would allow them to be safely terminated. Obviously, this contradicts the fundamental idea of trust in smart contracts. So the government, taking this trustless environment, and you know how governments can't be trusted um, in pretty much anything. And they're introducing their ways of being into these trustless platforms. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work too well. Meanwhile, the EU Commission proposed a legislative plan for a digital euro, aiming to make it a widely accepted and easily acceptable form of payment. Uh, so they can, you know, basically watch you in every step you make, every move you take, they'll be watching you. Kind of like Sting. The, it is Sting. Actually, with a K at the end. So Sting. The announcement emphasized that allowing individuals to obtain digital euros through their banks upon request ensures easy accessibility and prevents citizens from being left behind. Oh, you're going to know where the behind is. If, if they go through this with the CBDC, they're going to know where your behind is at all times. Uh, if you're walking it, if you're sitting in a movie theater, if you're sitting on, um, I don't know, the, the John... Um, or whatever you are. The proposal also includes provisions for free basic digital euro services, privacy protection, and offline payments. Do not bake the kill switch into your smart contract. If you're a developer, do not. Um, just 
not investment advice. It's just human advice. Let's call it that. But let me know your thoughts. Okay. So European trade body warns against the exclusion of DeFi from MICA, the Association for Financial Markets in Europe, an industry advocacy group that represents wholesale market participants in Europe, called for the inclusion of the DeFi sector within the recently passed markets and crypto regulations. MICA is considered the first, whatever it is, whatever it cares, uh, legislation. The ASME, 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 yeah. Ask me. In his paper addressed to the European Council, noted that the exclusion of DeFi could create unintended risks to financial stability and potential knock-on impacts. True. While, as noted by the Financial Stability Board, the current overlap of DeFi and TradFi is not yet significant, this should be actively monitored and managed, the paper said. The paper recommended the EU should come up with a taxonomy for DeFi activities, good idea, and digital assets with a risk-based approach. In terms of governing a decentralized ecosystem like DeFi, the trade body suggested a consistent regulatory framework along with different levels of decentralization. Let me know your thoughts. Good idea, bad idea. What is it all about to you? And then we're going to move to the UK. The UK government moves forward on their bill aimed at empowering authorities to seize crypto. Whoa. Lawmakers in the upper house of the parliament of the UK are moving forward with legislation aimed at expanding authorities' ability to target cryptocurrencies used for illicit purposes. Before I get into that, it's not smart to use a blockchain, a public blockchain, for illicit purposes. It's used money, cash money, paper money is what is used for illicit purposes. But let's see what they say. In a meeting of the UK's Parliament House of Lords, lawmakers conducted a third reading of the Economic Crime and Corporate Transparency Bill, legislation introduced in September 22, as part of efforts to streamline law enforcement's authority to crack down on crypto-related financial crime. Members of the House of Lords did not appear to propose any changes related to crypto enforcement in the bill's most recent reading, describing recommendations as minor or tidying up amendments. Yeah, you know what needs to be tidy up? Your politicians. Your politicians who accept cash under the table in the back room of things. Um, in paper, money, cash, not on the public blockchain. You think bribes in the public blockchain would be good for politicians? I mean, if you do, I got I got a bridge to sell you in the Sahara Desert. I mean, you know, you walk out there for a few weeks in the Sahara Desert and you're hallucinating, you're seeing things, you think you see an oasis and a party deck, I will sell you a bridge. Thank you. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Let me know your thoughts on that. Um, and let's go to Denmark. All right. Denmark orders Saxo Bank to erase cryptocurrency holdings. Denmark. Uh, DFSA's decision about Saxo Bank's crypto holdings will have a very limited impact on its business. Okay, well, thank God for that. Financial regulators in Denmark are coming after cryptocurrency service providers, declaring that local banks are not allowed to hold cryptocurrency to hedge against trading risks. Yeah, banks don't make very good hedge funds, but let's see. Uh, this week, the Danish Financial Supervisory Authority officially ordered the local investment bank, Saxo Bank, 
I mean, ordered the local bank, Saxo Bank, to dispose of its own holdings of crypto. That sounds like the first time I read the word odor. That sounded like a better word here. The regulator said that Saxo Bank's crypto activity lies outside of the legal business areas of financial institutions, citing Section 24 of Denmark's Financial Business Act. According to the FSA, Saxo Bank offers its customers the opportunity to trade a number of cryptocurrency products through its platform. The firm also offers several crypto-linked exchange-traded funds and exchange-traded notes, adding that it is possible to speculate on crypto assets. They don't like speculation of banks, so they don't like that there over in Denmark. But what's your favorite part of Denmark? What do you like about it? I like I like morning breakfast Danishes. They're pretty good, you know? Um, so I have no complaints about the food, um, but I have to complain about stupidity. Let's try not to be stupid. And let's go to Asia. China to tighten control of exports on AI chip-making materials. Important, okay? Chinese government has announced its plans to control the export of gallium and germanium, products heavily used to produce semiconductors. The Chinese government has announced plans for export controls on metals, predominantly used to manufacture semiconductors, used in the development of AI systems. Semiconductors are also used in Bitcoin mining, by the way. Uh, The Chinese Ministry of Commerce issued a joint statement with the General Administration of Customs saying the controls are aimed at protecting national security interests and the export of specific gallium and germanium products will require a government-issued license. The controls ban uh, begin on August 1st and include eight gallium-related products, including... Oh, boy, I got to read this because, like, I can't even pronounce it, but I'm going to try. So please deal, please bear with me as I pronunciate things as the best I can. Gallium antimonide. Gallium arsenide. Gallium metal. That was easy. Gallium nitride. Gallium oxide. Gallium phosphide. Gallium selenide. And indium gallium arsenide. So the only one I read and didn't do that well was antimonide, whatever that is. They also cover six germanium products. Germanium dioxide, germanium epitaxial growth substrate, germanium ingot, germanium metal, germanium tetrachloride, and zinc germanium phosphide. I feel like chemistry class again. And I did not do well in chemistry. I got a C. I did worship biology, but I aced both geology and physics when I was in college. So I only got half the math equation right, but that's the important ones. Gallium is a metal found in electronics, with semiconductors being the most prominent use case, along with transistors and lasers. It can also make LEDs. Germanium is used in the manufacturing process of semiconductors, along with solid state electronics and their fiber optic systems. This is not a chemistry show. This is a crypto show. But let me know your thoughts about chemistry. And let's go to somewhere where I can pronunciate things properly and that I have been and that I like a lot and wish I can go back someday. It's Singapore. Singapore. Singapore to require crypto firms to put user assets into trusts by year end. Singapore Central Bank is introducing a new measure to improve investor protection and market integrity in the crypto industry. This week, the MAS, Money Authority of Singapore, announced new requirements for crypto service providers to hold customer assets in a statutory trust by year end. They say this will mitigate the risk of loss or misuse of customer assets and facilitate the recovery of customers' assets in the event 
of digital payment token service providers insolvency. The new custody measures followed a public consultation on regulatory measures to reduce risks to consumers from crypto trading, which was launched uh, October 2022. According to MAS, the consultation received significant interest from a wide range of respondents. Let me know what you think about that, how it's going to go. And let's go to Thailand. Thailand SEC has banned the use of, cu- of the use of customer crypto assets for lending and investing. Investing. Thailand's SEC has issued new rules for digital asset service providers focused on investor protection. The new guidelines require digital asset service providers to offer adequate warnings highlighting risks associated with cryptocurrency tradings. All platforms must display a message that reads, cryptocurrencies are high risk. Please study and understand the risks of cryptocurrencies thoroughly because you may lose the entire investment amount. The U.S. already does that with stocks, the stock market. They do that. They have that notice like Fidelity. You go there or Vanguard has that same notification. That's a good idea. It's worked. You know, the warning message must be clearly visible. Um, and before customers can use the service, the business operator must arrange for the users to give consent and acknowledge the risks. Apart from a trading risk disclaimer, the new guidelines also prohibit service providers from using customers' funds for their own lending or investment. So basically, if you had a Celsius that existed in Thailand, Celsius would not be allowed to take customer funds and make it into their own personal hedge fund and make all their customers bankrupt. I think that's a good idea. You know, how's that sound to you? Let me know your thoughts. Is it a good idea, you know, to make sure that these platforms can't use customers' money as their own personal hedge fund? I kind of like it, but let me know your thoughts. India negotiates cross-border CBDC payments with the global central banks, the Reserve Bank of India is currently in discussions with its counterparts from at least 18 other countries on the possibility of cross-border payments using its central bank digital currency, the digital rupee. The report about RBI's ambitious foreign trade policy for India's CBDC appeared in the Economic Times a couple of weeks ago. Um, in the speech in London, Governor RBI Governor Shaq, oh God, Shak Tinktakanta Das, wait, Shak Tikanta, Shak Tikanta Das says, but cross-border payments will also become much quicker, more seamless, and very cost-effective. That is another area where a lot of attention needs to be given. We are constantly in dialogue with other central banks that have introduced or are introducing CBDCs. According to the report, 18 country banks have already opened Rupee Vostro accounts since last year. And he also says in India, we have no shortage of dollars, but in some markets, due to a shortage of dollars, they are unable to do imports. How's this going to affect India? Let me know your thoughts. We're going to go to the Middle East. We have a little, we have Middle East and Africa today. The UAE has emerged as a pro-Bitcoin mining destination in the Middle East. <clears throat> the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, is gradually solidifying its status as a go-to Bitcoin mining destination. 
The country has established itself as a pro-Web3 destination for crypto-focused companies with over 30 free trade zones and a growing contribution to the Bitcoin mining hash rate. The UAE's mining journey began with Bitcoin miner Marathon Digital partnering with Zero2, the digital arm of Abu Dhabi's sovereign wealth fund. The joint venture established two mining sites with a combined 250 megawatt capacity in Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi has become a hub for all kinds of crypto mining activities in the UAE due to its energy efficiency and status as the center of trade in the country. According to data from Hashrate Index, UAE's combined Bitcoin mining capacity is likely around 4,400 megawatts or 4% of Bitcoin's global hash rate. While the likes of the US, China, Russia, Kazakhstan are the top four countries, the largest share of Bitcoin's global hash rate, the UAE could gradually climb the ladder due to its available resources. Let me know your thoughts on that, how that's going to go. Uh, let's go to Israel. Okay. There's a bill there to exempt foreigners from something. Bill to exempt foreigners from crypto taxes passes preliminary reading in Israel. The bill was do what? Foreign residents of Israel could get an exemption from capital gains taxes on the sale of digital currencies. That sounds promising. A bill granting the exemption and other tax benefits for digital assets holders passed through a preliminary reading in the country's parliament this week, this morning, early this morning. The bill would also level up crypto bonuses with stock options for employees by reducing the current 50% tax on the former to just 25%. So you have to that. The bill is sponsored by Knesset member Dan Illouz. According to Illouz, the bill enjoys the full support of the ruling coalition parties. According to the explanatory note of the bill, it should, it should enhance the country's appeal to investors around the globe, says... Despite the growth potential of Israeli companies in the field, the regulatory reality in Israel is not adapted to the digital currency industry. Therefore, it is proposed to make a number of legislative amendments, amendments that will reduce the regulatory gap. Is this a good idea? It sounds like a good idea to me, but let me know your thoughts. And then we'll go with our final destination. Destination, South Africa. South Africa to mandate crypto exchange licenses by the end of 2023. South Africa's financial regulator has announced that all crypto exchanges in the country will be required to obtain licenses by the end of the year. Financial Sector Conduit Authority Commissioner Unathi Kamlana stated the agency had received approximately 20 license applications since its recent opening and expected more before, before the November 30 deadline. Uh, Kamlana further mentioned that if crypto exchanges continue to operate without a license after the deadline, the regulator intends to take enforcement action, which may involve fines or closure of non-compliant firms. How's that going to go? Should there be a structure in South Africa? Do we even care if there is? And is South Africa going to remain a destination for great white shark cage diving? What? Yeah. Apparently, it's a thing. You go in, you're a diver, you go into the great white shark, ca shark cage, um, you view the sharks from under the water, and you hope they don't break into your cage and eat you. Um, and so that was today. And I have one announcement, brief announcement. I have two new books that I've published this past since July 1st or three. Uh, 
One is called Future Proofing, Scaling, and Building Interoperable Networks, a conversation with Rob Viglioni, which was from my season four of Crypto Hipster podcast. Uh, the next one that I brought out this week is Web3 Insights about Istanbul Blockchain Week, a conversation with Erhan Korhalidler, which was season four. And my third one, which was from season four, uh, is Building the Crypto PR Firm of the Future, a conversation with Kurt Ivey. All these books and more are available on Amazon. And I am up to 199 books. And my next book is number 200. And I hope on the next week's show, I'll tell you all about that. So this was the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. This was week 47, season three, episode seven. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a lot. I hope this was educational and informative. And I see you each and every week. Have an amazing weekend, an amazing week. Thank you.